The officials had already been encouraging fewer babies, but in September 1980, an official one-child policy was unveiled. It was a monumental shift, and instantly, the machinery that spread slogans to explain how and why the policy must work went into effect. So you see slogan in the city, you will see this now become iconic, this happy, healthy, good-looking couple holding this baby, fat baby girl, and saying, one child, one couple, one child is good. Yes, of something like in the countryside, they will have more slogans like, um, have less children, more pigs. <laughs> the slogans tried to convince couples that one child really was best. But the party's intentions were clear. The policy was an order, not a request. Mrs. Chang tried to keep a pregnancy secret. She wanted a second child. She hid the pregnancy until at seven months it was noticed. Then she went to her mother's house 20 miles away. The family planning worker followed to bring her back. This story was filmed by the BBC in the eastern Chinese city of Changzhou in 1983. She said, I was making myself conspicuous by running away. She wanted me to come home so we could discuss if I would have the baby or an abortion. When we began our persuasion, she was seven months pregnant. As we carried on, it got more and more critical. I was terribly worried seeing her getting bigger and bigger. We came many times. I came on my own and with other comrades. The leaders of the commune all came to persuade her. I did want to have the baby. Yes, I did want it. But after the camp and did the work, I agreed to the abortion. I went to find the best possible doctor for the operation because her pregnancy was so very advanced. We went with her to the hospital. We sent people to be with her day and night. In the end, it all went smoothly. Her health wasn't impaired. It went well. We thought it would be best for her if she was sterilized, but she would not agree. We thought another abortion might damage her health. After she came back, I persuaded her to be sterilized. The one-child policy has loosened over the years. This year, it became a three-child policy. Why have a limit at all, some ask. Despite the Mao-era slogan, women hold up half the sky, the party is still ruled almost exclusively by men. It has retreated in part from planning the economy and in part from social interference, but it will not completely relinquish its role in family life. And as we'll now see, even when pushed to extremes, political reform is not an option. Chapter 7 民主万岁. Long live democracy. In 1989, the party would encounter its biggest challenge since Mao mobilized his Red Guards. This time, it was young people who once again were questioning the party's supremacy. They gathered on university campuses and eventually made their way to the location that had featured repeatedly in Chinese history, Tiananmen Square. In China, tens of thousands of students and workers have taken part in anti-government demonstrations which have continued all week. The unrest was triggered by the death of the former communist leader Hu Yaobang, 
who was an advocate of reform. Rowena Hu was one of those student protesters in 1989. Since then, she's become a historian of the era. We did not take to the street because of hatred, because of anger, because of grievances, because of frustration. On the contrary, we took to the street because of hope, because of love, because of even trust in the government to reform itself. Protests started by a few hundred students are now drawing support from millions of workers and already spreading to cities across this vast nation. Tonight, this mass of people demanding basic freedoms has taken over the centre of Peking and confronts the Communist Party with its most direct challenge in four decades of absolute power. The students presented a petition to the government calling for a host of democratic reforms. The authorities repeatedly told them to go home, but they were unable to contain the protesters who'd had a lifetime of political education. Communist songs from the past fueled their passionate campaign. The Communist International, that was the song that we sang again and again and again throughout. On the steps of the Great Hall of the People, they were singing the Internationale as an army guard stood his ground in the shadows. Most aren't opposed to the Communist Party, but they want an end to corruption and they're pressing for democratic reforms. Slogans were still important, but this time the party's messages were drowned out by those generated by protesters. At that time, many of our ideas and slogans and language were actually from the education that we had received and the revolutionary stories, for example, that we grew up with. And that's why on one hand, we were singing the international now. At the same time, people were also singing 